Good morning. Uh, today is October 29th, 9, 10 a.m. I have the house to myself, so I figured, hey, might as well cut another podcast. So, kind of a recap. Um, Ethan uh, was on the last episode talking a little bit about this and that and the other thing. And I kind of wanted to recap it a bit because one point I wanted to, one thing I wanted to discuss on it, and I totally forgot about it. I was going to bring it up, but kind of got sidetracked. Um, the other one is I made a smart ass comment about, I remember when I was a kid, we were able to ride in the back of a truck was no big deal. Um, what I found out, I think it was about two days ago is it's actually just illegal in Washington to ride in the back of a truck. If you are in the state of Florida, it is perfectly legal to ride in the back of a truck, which it's just one more proof that, you know, Washington just rules, rules, rules. Just too many fucking pussies in this state. Um, I just thought it was kind of funny. Now, would I advise riding the back of a truck down a highway? No. But, you know, a little short trip here and there, back road, whatever like that. Not a big deal, in my opinion. But that's no here or there. I'm pretty sure my wife wouldn't um, agree with me there, but, you know, things like that, they can be fun. So, anyhow, uh, the other thing that, the, the thing that I forgot to talk about was we were talking about gun safety and, you know, loading, unloading, things of that nature. But with the whole Alec Baldwin incident, um, very unfortunate. But one thing I was talking about with the ammunition. Uh, between bl blanks and, and live rounds. The round um, that was uh, shot um, hit uh, director of photography and killing that woman, but also hit uh, the director. Now, how does that happen? Well, it's the type of bullet um, that's used. So commonly, we have a few different types of bullets. Um, and they're always in acronyms, uh, FMJ, which would be Full Metal Jacket. Um, and really what a Full Metal Jacket or a jacket is referring to is the bullet is made of lead. And the jacketing is actually a copper uh, layer that's formed over that lead bullet. And what that allows it to do is penetrate. Um, so a full metal jacket round is literally like kind of traditional bullet. Um, and the full metal jacket round, or there's another one called a total metal jacket um, that has deep penetration power. So the round that was used in that uh, 44, um, first of all, 44 is very high power, so it has deep penetration. But when you're also using a full metal jacket round, uh, 44 has enough power to cleanly go through a person's body and uh, and hit another. Um, so I'm, I'm pretty sure that's kind of what uh, happened in this incident. And that's where I come to people talk about hollow points. Well, um, that's the big thing about hollow points is it does two things. So um, hollow point rounds or technically jacketed hollow point is you take your traditional bullet and what they do is they bore a little hole in it, like a little crater at the very tip. 
And some rounds also have little hash mark slits around that crater. What that does is that when it hits its intended target, um, the bullet actually spreads open at, into like a shape of a mushroom. Now this does two things. First thing is that because it spreads open, it creates uh, a bigger hole, and uh, which intends in, in actually causes more damage. You know, it has more what we call stopping power. So if you were to shoot a hollow point round and it hit a target, it's actually gonna spread open causing more damage. Now the full metal jacket round, what that's going to do is have deeper penetrating power. It's still going to, um, it's still going to, you know, disform when it hits something because it's lead. Um, it is malleable, um, but it's also going to penetrate deeper. So that's the reason why law enforcement solely uses hollow point rounds um, for the mere fact is that if they shot a suspect or something like that, um, if they're using a full metal jacket round, it could actually penetrate all the way through somebody and it hit something else. Um, so the jack hollow point is designed to, number one, mushroom causing more damage. Secondarily, it's going to stop a lot faster. It's not going to uh, penetrate all the way through uh, the intended target. And in, in that entails that it won't mistakenly hit something else that was intended to be uh, targeted. So just a little something here or there about bullets in case people don't understand that. Um, there's so many different technical things and people throw terms around. I hear a lot, but a lot of people don't know exactly what these things mean. So breaking it down, I think is helpful. Um, and then speaking of guns, um, this actually just kind of came up in, uh, my head this morning um so my wife is is a notary agent she um, does signings with people when they do a refinance on their home or purchase or sales or stuff like that and she's signing with a, a famous a kind of an infamous last name family in this area and the reason why the family is somewhat infamous is um a, a kid I forget exactly how long ago, I think it was like five or six years ago, there was a pretty big shooting at um, a local high school. Uh, and uh, he killed three of his friends and then killed himself and with a gun. And how did he get that gun? Well, um, his family owns weapons. Uh, he got the gun from his uncle's house. Um, his uncle had his guns um he had him he allowed the access to it so this kid you know knew where they were knew the storage was knew how to get in to get them um, i'm not sure exactly if he had a combination to a safe or he knew there was just like an unlocked cabinet i don't know but that that's kind of brings me into like safety because if First of all, teenagers are literally insane, um, emotionally insane. And, you know, we, we try to teach, you know, we try to treat kids, I think, a little more grown up than what they actually are. I mean, scientifically, medically, 
um, your frontal lobe for rational and logical thinking doesn't fully form and develop until age of 25. That's an actual fact. So your ration at 15, 16 years old, just in a couple of years, is going to be completely more developed just within a couple of years. Um, I think back when I was like 2021, 20, thinking about how, how smart I was or this or that, or I'm a logical thinker. And some of my decisions then in comparison to when I'm 39 and literally I was just stupid. Um, experience, yes, but I also think that mental brain development of the frontal lobe has a big part to do with that. So this kid, the reason why this happened, um, you know, it goes in multiple directions, but people's lives were lost because of a gun owner not being responsible with his with his firearms first okay um now i think would something else happen regardless probably uh this kid um had a girlfriend and he was deeply madly in love with her um they broke up and he was completely devastated he was devastated to the point where he was going to kill himself but he decided that he didn't want to be the only one to go so he had his three best friends i believe i'm probably getting a few of these details wrong it's been so long ago but he had some of his friends meet him at the cafeteria on a certain day where he opened fire killing them and then killing himself um obviously in that emotional state you're highly irrational your heart's broken um but you know if he didn't have access to that firearm then that would not have happened now i also believe that even if he didn't have access to the firearm he probably would have hurt himself anyway in a different manner or what have you something bad was going to happen um, he was not in a good mental uh, frame of mind. So it's just um, things like that are really sad. But again, you know, if we can compare that to, you know, he didn't have access to a firearm, but, you know, if he grabbed the keys to a car and hopped in it, he could drive down the sidewalk killing 20, 30 people too. So that's kind of where I kind of play with that is that mental health, um, that those types of things play more into deaths of people from firearms uh, than I think anything else. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on it. I don't know. I mean, there's so many different opinions. There's so many things, so many variables you can, you could talk about that different circumstances, et cetera, but simple, basic safety with things goes a lot further than what some people think. And restriction does not solve issues. And case in point, the war on drugs. I mean, we've been having a war on drugs for what? Since I've been a little baby and it hasn't gotten any better. So obviously you restrict things. Uh, it doesn't solve the problem. Um, education, I believe, ultimately solves virtually all problems. So with that said, um, a little bit of a different approach today. Let me kind of all over the board. And I just have a few things, like I just some notes that I took that I wanted to kind of touch bases with. So I may pause 
depending upon what I've noticed doing these podcasts is that I have all these thoughts. I think I've said this before, but I had like thoughts and things I want to points I want to make. Um, but sometimes I can get circled around trying to hone in the, um, the, the arguments I want to make or points of view I want to express without, um, getting all mixed up and then losing train of thought, things of that nature. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to take a quick pause break and I will be back shortly again with this podcast. What I do, I just hit record, I save it, I upload it. I am not um, listening back to it. I'm not going to edit it. Uh, maybe at some point in time, I, I will. Um, but for now, it's just going to be everything that I say is off the cuff and forward. Okay. And I am back. So all about done talking about guns and all that crap now. Um, off to the next topic. And just a real quick topic, because I'm going to kind of go into some taxation plans and infrastructure bill and all that. But I found it hilarious. So I'm a consumer podcast on a daily basis. I don't listen to radio anymore. I haven't for years and years. Um, don't really consume um, TV, media. Um, all my media that I consume is typically uh, through online podcasting, which some that I'll recommend um uh crystal ball and um Kyle Kalinsky on breaking points um or not breaking points uh Kyle uh, crystal Kyle and friends that's a good one i don't really agree too much with them ever on most things but i do like to con to listen to them cuz i think they kind of go straight off the cuff and straight thinking and not trying to spin things in a political direction, but more with what their alignment is. And then uh, I also like Breaking Points um, with uh, Sagar and Crystal. Um, that's a really good one. Kind of more balanced. Um, they it's, it's one of those podcasts where you kind of have more of a conservative on one side and Sagar and a liberal on the other in crystal um but they don't argue back and forth with each other they let each other make their points and they they don't push back in that sense they just kind of lay it out there for people to consume and you know take in and uh you know a lot of things that they talk about isn't something that you're going to hear on you know cnn or fox news um it's really i think it's it's beginning to become a cancer in those mainstream media um, platforms. And they're not even mainstream anymore because these podcasts, these political commenting podcasts and media podcasts on here, just everything have, have uh, outpaced what's called mainstream. So CNN really isn't mainstream anymore. Fox isn't mainstream anymore. Everything is online um, that you want to consume. So, one of the, the another podcasts I listen to is Dave Rubin. Um, he's pretty entertaining. It's hilarious how how much flipped he went from being a lefty liberal to being more conservative and all that. But um, 
I, I think he goes a little too hard in the paint with some things, where it's a little, little far out there, but, you know, I, I do like listening to him. It's very entertaining. Um, but one of the things he did uh, this last week is he, he ran a compilation um, video, which I didn't see the video, but I listened to it uh, through audio only, typically, is... Um, CNN and CBS, uh, shows like Meet the Press, etc., um, you know, are doing their shows. And on these shows, they're like constantly talking about getting the vaccine, getting the vaccine, Pfizer, 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 getting the vaccine, Moderna, Moderna, Moderna. And it's hilarious because he put in a compilation of, you know, these shows, their main contributor for ads is Pfizer. And it's a pretty interesting correlation of all you're talking about is getting a vaccination and getting booster vaccinations while the show is being paid for by the very pharmaceutical company that you're telling people they need to consume. Um, I think it's a little, uh, I don't know, conflict of interest um, on their part as so-called journalists. Um, I just, I thought it was pretty hilarious. So, you know, I think it's kind of a like a brainwashing tactic almost to a point the where I, the, the way I look at it. And so just kind of throwing that out there. I think it's pretty fucking hilarious. Um, infrastructure bill. Um, we're to keep talking about and keep think or keep hearing about this infrastructure bill that has literally nothing to do with infrastructure because all they're talking about is giving people more welfare. Um, I'm going to say it bluntly. It is welfare. Um, when you're giving something for free and it's going to be taxed by the people who are going to receive these programs. Now, they keep talking about paying your fair share and taxing the rich and all this other shit. But honestly, that's not what's going to happen. Um, the taxation is going to become through the middle class like it always has. And I've talked about, you know, um, the taxation rates on income. And that's not going to budge, but they're going to get it in other ways. Um, there's a billionaire tax that they are talking about, but it's not going to really get that much um, revenue incoming because they're, we always talk about billionaires. It seems like there's all these billionaires in the world, but very few, there's very few, maybe a thousand people in the country um, with this effect. Now, their taxation of this, um, two things, I mean, just something that is one thing that's going to hurt the middle class, the biggest one, actually the two biggest one. The first one is unrealized capital gains tax. Now, what is unrealized? So capital gains tax, if I buy two shares of a stock at $10 and then a year later, that same stock is $15. So my original investment of $20 now turns into a valuation of $30. If I sell that stock at $15 a share um, at two shares, then I get back 30, which means that I gained $10 and therefore I need to pay tax on that $10. That's realized capital gains. Okay. So but capital gains comes in the form of many other things. One of the biggest things is real estate. Um, middle, the middle class Americans' largest asset is their homes. 
um, if you are fortunate enough to be in a position to actually afford and, and purchase your home. And um, the valuation of your home and the gains of it as far as market value is literally most people's biggest um, investment. Um, and what they're talking about with capital gains is flipping some of these uh, realized capital gains taxes to unrealized capital gains tax. Now, what does that mean? So if I purchase a home for $100,000 and over the course of 10 years, um, the home doubles in value to $200,000. Every year, the valuation increases. Um, I don't pull the money out of it. I keep the money, I, I keep the home valuation where it's at without pulling equity out of the home. If I pull equity out of the home within a certain amount, I would have to pay capital gains as long as it falls in the realm. I believe it's about a half million dollars, about $500,000. It, or below, you don't have to pay gains on, but anything above that you do. So what they want to do now is start taxing you on the unrealized capital gains, which means that if my home value doubles in 10 years, I'm going to owe taxes based upon that uh, market gain. And all that's going to do is hurt people's pocketbooks. Um, that could be detrimental to people. Now, I'm sure that they're going to do the unrealized gains on a market threshold or at a dollar amount, let's say it's 500,000 or 600,000 or what have you. But, you know, there's some people's investment strategy out there that, you know, you work your whole life clawing your way up and earn and then saving, 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 saving. And part of that saving is your home and its value. So when you are in a position to retire, um, whether you're going to downsize your home or you would sell your home. You would take the money that you gain from that, um, maybe downsize, get a smaller home, and then the rest of that money you put into your retirement savings or living off of that. And taxing that portion really strips people's potential retirement savings, number one. Number two, it also strips something where um, other family members, let's say you want to leave your house to your kids or something like that. Now, I have a big issue with this because um, it, it's portrayed in the media like these people are like multimillionaires and all this shit, right? Well, let's take my position, for instance. I first bought, I, my wife and I bought our first home uh, when I was 27, 28. I'm 39 now, okay? So I worked from the bottom up. And, you know, I, I went from making $13 an hour living in Spokane in 2005 and then climbing my way um, through the workforce and gaining experience and gaining uh, uh, skills and, you know, saving a little bit here, saving a little bit there. You know, meanwhile, raising a family, um, we purchased our first home. Um, we we did well in the market as far as over here in Washington, sold our home. We purchased this other home that we're living in now, going to gain value. Um, we have a large investment into our home. And it's not like we were born with silver spoons in our mouths. Um, so that equity we have in our home means a lot to us. It's a lot because of the leverage that we can use for our retirement um, 
other things, but if I want to leave my kids something and leave them something because I was never giving, given anything, I was never given a, a trust fund or an inheritance I, or anything like that, zero. I got no help, my wife, no help, nothing. We started from zero. If we want to leave our kids a little something as a little jump start, so they don't have to, um, I wouldn't say suffer, but have a little bit more of a cushion as far as not having to worry about how you're going to, you know, pay the rent or, um, you know, you have to budget at the grocery store, things like that, just day-to-day -day things. If we wanted to leave them something, um, with this unrealized capital gains tax, that wouldn't be possible. It also, with this unrealized capital gains tax, would take away from our retirement where we would need to more likely depend off of welfare programs. And to me, it's counterproductive. I said before in a podcast about the income tax that people pay, that if we want to get really progressive, how about we just not tax to a certain dollar amount and if we want to boost the middle class, how about, you know, the first $50,000 is non-taxable through federal income, um, considering that percentage of people pay less than 3% of the total income tax that could be spread over other um, uh, income levels. Putting money in people's pockets is, I think, the appropriate way to do it, okay? I'm not saying giving them money. What I'm saying is that letting letting them keep their money is going to boost the middle class, in my opinion. And it's going to boost the lower working class as well. Um, so unrealized capital gains, I it, it's literally highway robbery. You're actually taking money from someone who doesn't even have that money. Um, but you know, it's, you gotta, gotta pay for all these welfare programs, um, somehow, right? The other thing you're trying to do is, so right now, um, if you make a transaction at a bank, a deposit or withdrawal of $10,000 or more, it is required by the IRS that the bank report it to the IRS. Well, that's understandable um, due to the fact of, you know, they're trying to limit money laundering, things of that nature. Now, they want to bring that $10,000 uh, dollar amount down to six hundred. That means every time if you have a paycheck that's direct deposited into your account, the bank has to report it. If you purchase anything $600 or more, the bank has to report it. Now, it's not 19 fucking 50 anymore, and a lot of shit costs over 600 bucks. So you buy a TV, they have to report it. And what they're trying to get at is they want to rake in some more taxes on I think it's I think it's mainly like the gig workers, you know, the people who um, clean homes on the side or do this or do that and they get paid through Venmo and PayPal and things of that nature, the Cash App. And if they can pinpoint these transactions, they can um, they can get people to pay the taxes on it because it is income. And again, 
Are the rich people getting paid through Venmo? No. Um, are rich people uh, worried about these transactions? No. Who's worried about them and who, who does it affect? The lower class and the middle class. That's what it is. And no matter how they paint it, that's exactly what they're doing. It's an attack on the middle class. And, but they're, they're selling it really, really well because, um, yeah, you know, you're going to get uh, universal pre-K. Um, you know, if you want to enroll, I enrolled both my kids in, in the preschool and literally it was like $130 a month. Um, so for less than a thousand dollars, my taxes are going to go up well more than a thousand dollars. So you're not getting anything that's being taken from you. Um, you know, the, the whole, everything in this package, as far as infrastructure, which again, has nothing to do with infrastructure. They calling it social infrastructure, which I think also is a good term for welfare programs, um, welfare programs, tax credits, welfare, pre-K welfare. Um, what else is in there? Oh, uh, community college welfare. Let's be real. A two-year community college degree isn't going to get you any better of a job than just going straight out of high school. You have to at least earn a bachelor's or master's degree to be specialized in, in the field of study that you want to go work into. <clears throat> so I'm not a fan. What I'm a fan of is actually let's pass an infrastructure bill that actually builds roads, bridges, um, transportation, things of that nature. And why? Because people have to do that work to build it, which creates more jobs, which helps the middle class, which helps a working class. And most of these jobs due to infrastructure, because they are federally funded, are going to be done by union organizations. That's the way we boost the middle class. Sorry, I had to take a pause break because I had a FedEx package at the door and there was a knock. And I was like, oh, maybe that's my bullet. So I ordered some more ammo. What was it a week ago? And it should be here any day now. I'm just waiting for it. But it was a different package. Ammunition's hard to come by. It's actually really expensive right now. So I'm not... Um, target shooting as much as I would like to be, um, just due to the price increases. So nine millimeter rounds, which I typically shoot uh, with a handgun, you could typically get those for about 15 cents a round, which would be about $150 for a thousand round case. Um, right now it's about 30 to 35 cents a round. So it's more than double the normal cost. So anyway, um, Infrastructure, that's kind of, you know, it, it's a different breakdown when you hear politicians talking about the spending and how are they going to pay for it. Really need to um, look, in, look between the lines on that and just, you know, read between the lines and really break it down. It's going to affect everyone. It's going to affect me. It's going to affect people. Um, that are in the lower class uh, income brackets. Um, what it's not going to affect is a guy who's making $5 million a year. It's not gonna affect him. His taxes might go up two, 
which is not much of anything. Um, right now, I'm being taxed at 20 plus 21, 22%. And, you know, it starts getting up there. And you're like looking at how much income tax you paid throughout the year. And you're like, holy fuck. And then you do your and, and then you do your taxes and then you have still have to write a check to the IRS, which I guess it's a good problem to have in an aspect as far as earning enough. But I pay a shitload of money in taxes. And according to and I looked this up the other day, is everybody talking about the middle class. So okay, what's what's middle class and what's upper class? You know what upper class is is said that if you make over $120,000 per year, you are considered upper class. Now, I can see if I lived in, I don't know, bumfuck North Dakota, um, near the Canadian border, and I made $120,000 a year, I'd be pretty fucking wealthy. If you live in New York City and you make $120,000 a year, you're living in a fucking 400 square foot apartment. Um, you can't afford a car. You can't. You can't afford to raise a family. You, you don't. You know. So it really depends upon where you're at. But so anyway, it just it's ridiculous. Um, they classify middle class as people who make sixty thousand dollars a year. Uh, lower lower class or lower income individuals I think is like. 30 and below so i think it just ranges the national average is is really all over the board because it really really depends upon the area you live in in the country um you know up and down the west coast very expensive to live on the west coast as compared to other places in the country uh the northeast is also very expensive um but it is what it is so Class, 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 class. So I think what we really have, the underlying issue in this country is not race and not gender. Um, we do have issues in in our country with that, but I think they're very minor in, in a whole. I think when you see um, cops... Um, beating up on people of color and brutality i think when you look at the statistics it is somewhat rare but frequent because when it does happen there's a magnifying glass that's that's, that's put over it um you know and it happens to everyone in all races um, it has happened to me as far as being harassed by the police and I think it's not a race issue. It's not a gender issue. It's a class issue. Okay. Now, uh, my point about it being a class issue is that when I was younger, living in Spokane, um, making, you know, $8 and 50 cents an hour, uh, you know, I'm driving a beater ass Oldsmobile four door, um, silver piece of shit. And, you know, depending upon the neighborhood that you're, you're at in Spokane, if cop sees you and you fit a certain description of the people in that area, you are going to get pulled over. Now, Spokane's pretty fucking white, but there are um, certain areas in Spokane where it's real shady. And the east side of Spokane, um, the west side of Spokane, uh, which is also uh, called uh, Felony Flats, 
uh, the Hilliard area in Spokane, which uh, is also called Dogtown. They have those names for a reason. And if you are from those areas, you are getting harassed by police all the fucking time. If any instance, um, I've been, I used to get pulled over probably a few times a month. Um, because, you know, I looked like and was at the same, same income level as the people in those neighborhoods that I was from as well. And those neighborhoods are known for drug crime, violent crime, property theft, burglary, things of that nature. So cops in those areas are always going to find an excuse to pull you over or to question you, etc. Because most of the time, people have something on them or they're up to no good, etc. I mean, that's just a fucking fact. And it doesn't, to me, in my experiences, it doesn't really matter what it, it matter. I think matters most like, what are you wearing? What are you driving? As opposed to what race you are, you know? Um, if I was driving a, uh, a Cadillac, a new Cadillac or a BMW, and I was dressed in a, a pair of slacks buttoned up with a tie, I'm not going to get pulled over. But if I'm wearing, you know, a pair of sweatpants, a hoodie and driving a fucking 1985 Oldsmobile Cutlass, I'm going to get fucking pulled over. And that's just the way I see it. And that's the way I see it based upon my experiences growing up. Now, that's just me. I think it is a class issue. I've been talking about how this is a, a class issue for years. And it doesn't... People, I don't understand why people can't see it as a class issue. Um, do we have racism in this country? Yeah. Do we have sexism in this country? Yeah. Um, the majority, are majority of people racist? No. Um, but we want to call everything racist. And it's completely counterproductive from what the real issues are in this country. And I think the people who want this narrative to keep going applaud it. Um, they're applauding Black Lives Matter because it actually takes away from what the real issues in this country are um, with our freedoms and our uh, liberties. And we need to start turning the ship around and start acting in our class structure and uprooting that. That's what we need to do. Everybody needs to unite. Middle class Americans, regardless of who the fuck you are, need to unite against the political powers in this country. That's how things will change. That's the only way things will fucking change with all this. Um, if you keep all these groups fighting amongst each other, then you can all, then these guys can always do, uh, they can pull the wool over our eyes without us even knowing it because we're too busy bitching at each other about getting a vaccine or um, police brutality or shit like that, which again, you know, I'm not arguing with they're not issues because they are issues, but I think they're underlying issues of a larger issue of our class structure in this country, you know? And, you know, case in point with the class structure, you see little tidbits of it here and there, especially in politics when, you know, um, you know, all the Congress people in Washington, they don't fucking wear masks. 
and Washington has a mass mandate in, in DC. What they do is they walk around without a mask all day. They're on the Senate floor without a mask. But as soon as a camera comes on, they're going to put their mask on. Then they're going to go up to the podium, take their mask off and speak. It is theater. They're playing theater, but it's also shows you that it's a class issue. It's the power. It's a power structure. Um, same thing, you know, with uh, that Met Gala thing, you know, where everybody there not wearing a mask, but everybody who's a server, everybody who's a photographer, everybody who's there to be a servant of the power class are all wearing masks, but they aren't, you know, and it's just one, it's just one example of that. And people don't talk about it and it's right in front of their face, but they're too busy fighting among, amongst each other. And it, it doesn't make any sense. Um, so that's kind of my thoughts on that shit. Um, I looking at downloads here and I'm actually, I want to thank you to everybody who has been listening. I'm really, I really appreciate it. I have a little downloads by location and I got people on the East coast, West coast, Midwest. Um, I even have some folks over in Europe and Brussels and Dublin as well. And that's pretty fucking awesome. I do really appreciate it. Um, you know, and, and this whole thing is done solely just completely underground. There is no social media, anything. There is no videos of anything. It's just purely me talking on a microphone, putting it out there for you guys to listen to. And I really enjoy any feedback that anyone has. Um, if you could, great. If not, you just want to listen, fine. I'm just going to keep talking about shit that comes up in, in, uh, in my life, talk about things that are happening around the world. And kind of give my point of view on stuff. Uh, I feel like I'm a pretty well-rounded person, I'm very liberal, but at the same time, freedom is and liberty is what uh, means the most to me. And keeping those liberties is the most important. And on that note, um, we're gonna end it for today. If you have anything to contribute, add, uh, shoot me an email at followthemath at gmail.com. I uh, appreciate any feedback. You guys take care. Have a wonderful day.